The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I bet with FanDuel because they're safe and secure. They offer great odds and markets across the NBA, NHL, and more. And because it's fun to combine multiple bets into same game parlays. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Louisiana. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. It's almost time for baseball season. We are days away from first pitch. Colin Whitchurch, Action Network Senior Editor for Baseball. Sean Zarillo, longtime senior writer, senior baseball analyst. You can see him all over the airways on MLB Network. You see him on Action Network. They've got a brand new podcast, first episode launching. It's called Payoff Pitch. Simon, how excited are we for baseball? My professional betting BFF companion compadre. Chad, this is the best time of year. We got the very end of March Madness. We got playoffs coming up in hockey, playoffs coming up in basketball, and the start of the MLB season where I literally lose all my betting money on MLB the first two weeks, and then I come back probably mid-July to start losing some more money. So I just bet way too much when it comes back because I'm just so fired up where it's like, oh, first five innings, give it to me, all of it. I just want it all. So I am so happy that lockout ended and it's back. I missed baseball. Well, look, this is what's cool. You know, Colin spent years at baseball prospectus, right? He comes at it from a very specific point of view. Zerillo, we know, digs so deep into the data. That's literally every single baseball game. And there are so many different markets for baseball. You can be betting run line, first five. You can be betting totals. It doesn't really matter. Like the way you can bet this sport now, there's so many opportunities. It's a grind. Like you got to keep up with it. And that's what Sean and Colin are for. That's why they're here. I always love this because Sean will come on at the beginning of the baseball season. And I'm going a little more in depth because we have so many new listeners. Like, Some people don't know that much about betting baseball and sort of the joys of betting baseball. But when you come on, Sean, you will give us like the long shots of the long shots. And by the end of the year, we're like all these games that he talked about in March. It's now these teams. It's coming to fruition. Sean Zarillo, can't wait for you guys to get started. I can't either, Chad. I've got 50 futures bets already in the Action Network app. I've been firing on stat prop leaders all day. So like most hits, most runs, most RBIs, pitcher wins, pitcher strikeouts, stuff like that. So we're digging into the player data finally. Put out all of my World Series futures and divisional futures last week, but we've moved on to the player projections. Going to get into some MVPs and Cy Youngs next week right before the season starts too. All right, well, listen, that's, that I do want to sort of break this down in very specific ways. 
I want us to go World Series futures, a couple of season win totals. Then I'm going to want, I want to get a little bit into some of the sort of more glamorous player props. Okay. Colin, since you're relatively new to the podcast, you're one year into your reign as baseball editor at Action Network. You started exactly a year ago, almost when baseball season was starting. Now's your chance. Wow us with your World Series future bet. I'm going to go with the Toronto Blue Jays plus 900 to win the World Series. Look, if the Blue Jays had the name Boston or New York across the front of their jersey, I think people would be hyping them up a lot more than they are currently. This is the best team in a loaded AL East. They lost Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray in the offseason, but brought in Kevin Gaussman, who is a legitimate ace to replace Ray. They brought in Matt Chapman, who had a down year offensively last year, but is going to improve their defense a lot and probably rebound with the stick. The rotation is insanely deep with five established major league pitchers, and that's before you even get to guys like Ross Stripling, who's a competent swingman, nor Nate Pearson, a top prospect not all that long ago who's dealt with injuries in the last few years. Anything they get from him is just an added bonus. Their bullpen's a little bit of a question mark, but they have a lot of established competent major league leaguers there like Adam Simber, Yumi Garcia. Jordan Romero is a closer that everyone's going to be grabbing in their fantasy leagues if they haven't already. He doesn't have a lot of name recognition, but again, has a chance to be one of the top closers in the league. Their win total right now is 92 and a half. So I obviously like the over there. That's one of my favorite bets, but World Series odds at plus 900 right now, that's right in line with the Yankees, but they're a significantly better team than the Yankees, significantly better team than the Red Sox. So I really like them at plus 900. I got to say, even only as the uh, as the Blue Jays, their odds are the second shortest. It's the Dodgers and then the Blue Jays. And you make the point about if it was Boston or if it was the Yankees. That's like how much respect they're already getting from the market that if someone is just coming to baseball, if so, all someone knows about baseball is the Braves won the World Series, they hibernated, they woke up, they found out Will Smith slapped Chris Rock and that the baseball lockout had ended, they'd be like, Blue Jays. Plus 900. Zerillo, how did this happen? How did this team get so good? Yeah, they've continually added throughout the offseason. And, you know, what's really interesting is they weren't second in odds until last Tuesday or Wednesday, Chad, when my article dropped. They were sitting behind the Yankees. They were around 1,300, 1,200 in some spots. My article dropped. They were plus 950 at FanDuel within 90 minutes. I know we moved that number. I know our listeners moved that number. When we put out content and we say there's a good number to bet, forget my projections, right? We'll look at Fangraphs projections, very similar to my projections. Fangraphs has the Jays at 44% to win the division, 12.3% to win the World Series. So that should be around plus 125, plus 700, respectively. I think there's still value in the Jays number. That's my biggest World Series bet. Got it at 1,200. I have a unit and a quarter on the Jays to win the World Series. The other two World Series teams that I sprinkled, I have a half unit on the Brewers at 16 to 1, and I have a quarter unit on the Phillies at 40 to 1. I think getting the second seed, particularly in the NL, is going to be very, very important. You get two teams with the bye this year, so advancing to the second round, there's that three-game wildcard series. So getting that second spot, getting that second bye, and moving on is going to be very important. And I would imagine that the Brewers, given the, the relative strength or the weakness of the teams in their division, are going to have a good shot of pulling that off. Dodgers, plus 500. Blue Jays, plus 900. Astros, plus 1,000, White Sox plus 1,100, Yankees plus 1,100, Rays plus 1,100, Mets plus 1,150. Then you got the Braves and Brewers plus 1,150. 
uh, and then plus 1200. It's interesting to me, Simon, I apologize. I just want to get this one point out that teams like the White Sox, teams like the Mets, teams like the Braves, teams like the Brewers, they were all in that same category last year, like teams that were creeping into the upper echelon of the shortest odds, getting the most action. That's a pretty significant sea change to me, Colin, like now for the second year in a row, you're getting these teams that have moved beyond, oh, this would be a surprise and a fluke to, oh yeah, this is the expectation. Yeah, it's, it, it is the expectation. Now I think, I think people have, have started to look past the, will they, and now it's moving to the, why haven't they yet? You know, you, you mentioned the White Sox, obviously a, t- a team that I know very well. It's World Series expectation. I think after what we saw from the Brewers last year and with their top three starting pitchers of Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta, it's no longer, wow, we really have a shot. It's we need to do this and we should do this. And I think betters are recognizing that as well, where there's more of an expectation um, you know, some of the the regular contenders from years past, the Yankees, the Red Sox, you know, they haven't been there in a while now. So it's it's more wide open than ever. We saw the Braves win the World Series for the first time in almost 30 years last year. The Rays are right in there all the time now. Nobody they, they're not sneaking up on anyone anymore. The Rays aren't the Brewers aren't, et cetera. There's now more of an expectation for these teams. They're the new heavyweights, you know, and, and people are starting to recognize that instead of just going with the traditional powers and then letting these other teams sneak up on them. It's all the pressures on Sean this year. Cause last year at this point, he gave us 50 to one brewers last year, which was an amazing call. And the 20 to five one Houston Astros, which again was an amazing call. The market has caught up this year. Obviously this season, these teams that kind of had these sleeper status, like Jack and I touched on, aren't really there. I kind of look when there are seasons like this with baseball, I look to bet on teams where I feel like I'm just talking a little bit where Boston's down a little bit. They're 25 to one right now. FanDuel. Is that a sneaky team where people are just down on them this season where I've looked at their prospects they have coming up. I've seen their bullpen, their pitchers and stuff like that. There just seems like there's a lot of upside to this Boston team where people are going to be all talking about the blue Jays. Everyone's talking about the Yankees. And I just see there's going to be value in this Boston team this upcoming season. What do you think, Sean? So I pull in five different projections in addition to making my own. And pretty much everybody has the same order of Blue Jays or Yankees one or two, Rays three and Red Sox four. And there's, you know, very, very similar projections between the Rays and the Red Sox. That said, year over year, the Rays continue to get under projected. They're usually three or four wins underneath their win total when you average out the market projections. And because I factor defense more and other things, I tend to be more in line with the Rays. So I actually have the Rays ahead of the Yankees so far. By about, you know, half a win, two-tenths of a win. Have them both closer to 91. And then I have a, a teardrop sort of to the Red Sox, closer to 85, 86 wins. So I can see them threatening for a wild card spot. But I don't know if those odds are really going to get, you know, much better or much worse throughout the year. I think they're going to kind of stay in the same range just because it's so difficult, even with the expanded playoffs, to imagine them getting past at least two, if not three teams in their division. Hold on a second. Simon. When are you doing research on prospects and bullpens? Fantasy baseball season, man. I'm, I'm all in. I, I told you, I go all in hardcore for like a month here, and then I get back into football draft. So this is like my time for baseball. I love it. I mean, again, I grew up on that Phillies 2002 to 2012 run. So it's like I, I grew up in the best era I could possibly live in for Philadelphia baseball. So I just love baseball. 
if we look down the futures odds page, if we want to get the most bang for our buck, who are we looking at, say, from the LA Angels at 20, 22 to one down? You got the Angels, the Mariners, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Phillies, all in that 20 to 30 to one range. Sean, you mentioned the Phillies, obviously. Who else are we talking about here in like long, long range, Colin? I'm going to give you a team that I know Sean's going to disagree with here, uh, a very contentious team among the, uh, the MLB writers here at the Action Network, and that's the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners haven't been to the postseason in 20 two years 2001 when they won 116 games and got bounced in the playoffs that was the last time we saw the seattle mariners in the playoffs i'm drinking the mariners kool-aid this year they added robbie ray to the rotation they have one of the best farm systems in baseball we're going to see julio rodriguez this year we're going to see jared kelenic who we saw a little bit last year struggle still one of the top young talents in baseball they're brimming with young guys who are ready to make that leap chad you talked about teams that were kind of under the radar waiting to make the leap. The Mariners are the next team on that list. They're going to break that playoff drought last year, or they're going to break that playoff drought this year. And we're going to start seeing them as perennial world series contenders for years to come. So I think there's a lot of value on them in that kind of mid tier range. Zerilla, you were nodding. You don't hate what Whitchurch is saying. No, I mean, I get the argument, you know, and I I get anybody who's buying into Seattle. That said, there's a lot of arguments that I could make going against them, right? So I improved their true talent projection by 10 wins over the offseason. I upgraded the type of team they were by 10 wins, which was amongst the highest upgrades I made. But they still overachieved by 14 wins last year. Their run differential suggested that it should have been a 76-win team, ended up winning 90 games because they led the league in fun differential. They're the kings of fun. Now, looking around the projection market, right? There is no bigger disagreement in terms of an under between the consensus projections and a team other than the Mariners. I have them projected at 79.7. The market range is as low as 76 and as high as 83. So every single projection that I use likes the Mariners to go under 85 and a half. I actually got an under 86 and a half, which I loved. I'd probably still bet this down to 84 and a half. Get all the arguments and the reasons why the Mariners could potentially compete. I see all the prospects coming up. And frankly, it's a weak AL West this year too. I'm backing the Angels personally, who's a team I've been against the past couple of years. But I just think the Mariners are a bit overinflated than their win total. And it's a high bar to clear. I love how imperious Zerillo can sound when he's talking about his projections and his rankings. You have to have a level, when you're, when you're making models, which Zerillo does, Chris Raybon does it, Sean Kerner does it. When you're making models, you have to have so much confidence in the work that you're doing, in the numbers you're creating, because you are betting a fuckload of money on these things on a day-to-day basis. Zerillo, how long does it take you to build up confidence in that model? It's taken a few years, you know, and I continue to evolve, right? So it's Every time I add something, it's almost like I have to go through a new trial period of like, did I screw up by adding this element in or is this going to improve my process? So every time, you know, every year in sort of April, I like I change something and then I'm a little bit hesitant about firing more aggressively on totals. This year, too, we have other factors to consider, like all 30 parks are using humidor this year. They keep swapping out the baseball. So I might not go as aggressively on totals in April as I have in years past. But yeah, it's you know, it's something that. If I see a huge disagreement where I'm either way low or way high on a team, 
I'm going to dig into it further. But if I'm sort of in the range with the rest of the projection market, I feel pretty confident that my process is at least sound. And, you know, I, I may have a slight difference from another projection, but as long as I'm within the range of outcomes, I feel pretty confident. In it. Do you think there are teams that have better value that you would rather bet to win the pennant versus the World Series? Colin, you go first. If you're looking at value in that way, that American League is the way to go just because the Dodgers are such a strong favorite in the National League, um, where once it gets to the playoffs, the Dodgers are just, they're tough to beat. I mean, we saw a team beat them last year, but but the American League is generally the way to go. The team I like to look at from a pennant standpoint is the Rays. The Rays are always impossible to project. Most projection systems have been wrong on them for most of the last five years um, as they continue to to just overstep their their expectations. So but they're also a team that once they get to October, they're even tougher to project somehow because of their pitcher usage, because of the way they manage their bullpen. Kevin Cash gets a lot of credit as the manager, but the front office runs that that day to day. They're consistently undervalued there. And I think that at you know the plus 750, plus 800 range, I, I like the value there, just them to make it because they're going to get to October. I think the odds of them getting to October are very strong. And once they, once they make it there, their path becomes a lot more clear. And so I, I enjoy finding odds in that way. Yeah. I'd, I'd see if you see a number that's more than 50% of the world series number, I'd take it, you know, there's, I think I saw some like plus 900 floating on there on the brewers where their world series odds are plus 1600. So I'd look for discrepancies like that, but by and large, I, I rarely bet into pennant futures as opposed to world series futures. Love to hear what you guys think about win projections because I'm terrible at it. I always, always think like I can like do it or I listen to people and I'll try to bet off of it and then make my own opinion. But it really is one of those you need to build a model and just bet that model because it is so we've just seen it comes down to a couple of games. I mean, you always have the weird teams that go over by 10 or 20 games, but usually the bookmakers are so good at it. It really does come down to maybe four or five games. Yeah, I'd say half about half the league every year is within like three wins of their win total. It's very Amazing. tight. You have some, you know, huge outliers like the Giants last year who were the biggest to ever exceed their win total by 30 plus games. They crushed their Dakota projection as well. So there's there's two unders and two overs that I'm targeting this year. Uh, actually, two unders in the AL and two overs in the NL. But let's stick with the AL because I think those are too much contentious teams. We talked about the Mariners before, right? I like their under. The Tigers are the other team who were the buzz team coming into the year. I grabbed some early World Series value on them at 75 to 1. I didn't really like what they did with their offseason after that. But meanwhile, their futures odds dropped to that like 40 to 1, 30 to 1 range. Similar to the Mariners, every single projection likes this team to go under this year, as low as 70, 67.4. The high is 75. My projection leans towards the high. I'm at 73.6. But I got an early under 80 and a half. I'd continue to bet this under 78 and a half all the way down to 76 and a half. The one over that I like, my favorite over is the Marlins. Over 75 and a half out there right now. A lot of projections actually have them finishing closer to 500, which is surprising because this is a very good Annalise division this season. My number is closer to 79 and I'm not even the high man on the board. There's an 80.1 out there from Fangraph. So Marlins over 75 and a half, Mariners under 78 and a half and Tigers under 78 and a half. I should say the Mariners that are 84 and a half. That's my bad. Those are my three favorite win totals for this season. Colin, what do you got? Oh, look I at Cirillo some... just jumping in and like trying to direct traffic here. Like <laughs> you, it's like you guys are practicing the payoff pitch right on our show. I'll take my cue there. My two favorite win totals this year are really ugly, disgusting win totals but among the worst teams in baseball. And and I'm buying in to the hype of, of how bad these teams are going to be. My first one is with the Oakland Athletics. 
you've all seen the movie Major League, I presume. That's what's happening to the Oakland Athletics right now. Hello, you know us. We're a Major League Baseball team. But nobody recognizes us, not even in our own hometown. The Oakland Athletic ownership is actively trying to make them lose games, and not necessarily in a way like we saw with teams like the Cubs and the Astros early last decade where they're trying to, like, save money while while building up the super farm this team is just like outright making the worst team it possibly can its projections are a little high right now because they still have frankie montes and sean Manaya in the rotation who they've been actively shopping all off season will probably be moved by july at the latest the win totals right now are 70 and a half 71 and a half range this is a 100 loss roster i don't see any way this team doesn't finish in last place in the al west even behind the texas rangers 100 losses are within question i think that the the projections are way too high here and the second team is the team that's going to be competing with oakland for worst record in the american league and that's the baltimore orioles oh no we suck again this team loses 100 games every year they're currently projected at 62 and a half like the A's, they are consistently trying to be bad. They don't even tinker on the margins. You see a lot of bad teams like the Pirates who will make all these stealth, you know, waiver claims and try to find these reclamation projects. Baltimore doesn't do that. They just stand pat and they sign bad veterans who they're going to flip at the deadline. They do have a couple of intriguing prospects who are coming down the pipeline. Adley Rutschman, a lot of people know, a former first overall pick is going to take over at catcher pretty soon. They have Grayson Rodriguez, who's one of the most intriguing young pitching prospects out there but I don't know if or when we're going to see them and even with them you know one or two players don't make that big of a difference in a win total in MLB I think we're going to get another 100 losses they're going to be in the 50s again this year so Oakland and Baltimore unders those are my two favorite bets ugly one I love the stat oh go ahead Simon I love the stat that Max Scherzer gets paid more this season than the entire Orioles uh team which is pretty incredible that one guy makes more than the entire team is going to make Simon, I actually have a Max Scherzer story. Would you like to hear it? I would love that. When I was a student at the University of Missouri Journalism School many, many moons ago, I was in a class and you had to cover a Mizzou sporting event. That was the assignment. You had to go to the live event and cover it and then do an AP style write up of the game. I put it off and put it off. So I didn't have a lot of options left. I finally decided, you know what? I'll borrow my roommate's car. I'll go to the baseball stadium. I'll cover a Friday night game. It'll end pretty early. I can still drive back, type it up, go get hammered or, you know, whatever I was doing back then. I go to this game. There's nobody there. Mizzou's playing, I think like like Western Illinois. And this guy, Max Scherzer, who I didn't know, who was also a sophomore. He was my, my classmate at Mizzou, 20 years old, just like me. He pitches a no hitter through seven innings. He strikes out 14 dudes, but he's top prospect guy or whatever. So they pull him in the middle of a no hitter. They bring in another guy. Uh, I think his name was, I think his name was Michael Cole. He finishes the no hitter, has no idea a no hitter is going on. He gets the last out and they mob him. And he looks totally baffled because it was 25 to nothing Mizzou. I go to one baseball game and it was a 25 nothing blowout. It's a Max Scherzer no hitter. It was the first Mizzou no hitter in like 25 years. And then after the game, it's me and one other dude, one-on-one with Max Scherzer, interviewing him on the field for my first interview ever. And I do remember he has the two different colored eyes, and I didn't know that. I was so close to him. It, it's very disconcerting. That's my Max Scherzer story. And I assume we're, he'd still remember it very well, and we're best friends. Oh, I have no doubt you're best friends. 
Perfect. Uh, I was just going to say, look, the Orioles last year, what did they have a 19 game losing streak? There were a couple teams last year. The Orioles felt like one of them. The Royals felt like one of them. The Marlins felt like one of them at times where the, every single night you were betting on one of those teams because the line was so egregious. You know, Zerillo, we always talk about in your projections, like if there's a 2% edge, a 3% edge, you feel obligated to bet it. How do you manage that with teams that you know are going to be terrible? Who's who's going into the sports book and is ready to fire on an Orioles over? Who's who's going in the sports book and is is going there with the intention of firing on a Pirates over? I just need to be contrarian from the sense that my numbers are coming in a few wins higher than these teams, regardless of how terrible they are. So I, I you know, you have to just take the best available number. Like Orioles over 62 and a half. I'm not taking that. I found it over 60 and a half. So I'm gonna play that, right? When you see a number that's you have to set a cutoff before you even go in and look at the numbers where at this number, I have to play it because you can't see the number and go get a little wishy-washy about it. So set your targets, play your targets, regardless of the name on the front of the jersey. It sucks. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, but I'd rather lay two units on the Orioles now with their win total and not think about it and then look to play them during the season when, you know, they get a three-game road series against the Yankees and they're plus 300 every game. Just need them to win one of those to come out ahead. So, yeah, the, the Diamondbacks were the, the other team that you were thinking of. Uh, they had that 24-game road losing streak last year which I believe is an MLB record now. So we're on the Diamondbacks over this year. So uh, best of luck to us. I can't tell you how many times Sean and I both were on the same side of Arizona when they were like plus 300 last year and they just would break our heart time and time again. But they were, they were one of the most unlucky teams in baseball last year. And like Sean, I'm, I'm on their over as well this year. They're going to, they're going to bounce back a little bit. They had a lead in like every one of those games too. Then they would just blow it in eighth inning. It was delightful. How much does a guy like Buck Showalter matter? For the Mets, how much of a difference can he make for win totals, for pennant, for World, World Series? That's a good question. Not managers aren't something that I've tried to like analytically handicap yet or, or put a number on. Guys like Kevin Cash, you know, they work so closely with the front office. It's almost like the front office and Cash are managing the team as one. And I think that's more what the Mets are going to get out of Show Walter. He is a very analytically inclined guy. And I think it's possible that he helps these younger guys develop too and instills them with confidence. So I, I certainly like seeing the Mets make a change and going to somebody who's competent as opposed to a manager like Luis Rojas, who had no major league experience. I think that alone is certainly an upgrade. But in terms of like actually quantifying it or putting a number on it, not something I've tried to do yet. I think it's hard to quantify over the course of a full season. Also, when I'm looking at managers, I'm more looking at October track record. Um, and I know you know, someone like Tony LaRusse has a great October track record, but, but he doesn't have a great track record of game management lately. So if I'm looking at a team with a manager who I know really well, it's like, I'm not going to go anywhere near a, a pennant or a world series future for the white Sox because I just don't trust that when it's in the nitty gritty and the actual spotlight of every pitch truly matters that the right strings are going to be pulled. Continue betting the bracket with a bang right now. FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers a $150 instant bonus guarantee. That's right. You'll get $150 in bonus site credit. And all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more. How you bet the bracket is up to you. You can choose from the money line, totals, prop bets, and so much more. Plus, with cash out, the ball's in your court so you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is over. 
Personally, I look at this experienced Kansas team if I wanted to turn my site credit into cash this weekend. Join FanDuel today with promo code FAVORITES. Then you can place your $5 bet to score $150 in bonus site credit guaranteed. That's promo code FAVORITES on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana in permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, and West Virginia. First online real money wagers only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 10 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Call the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. So... We'll start with player props here. Sean, last year, again, can't thank you enough, man. I cashed huge. Vladdy was, I think, 50 to 1 to lead them while being home runs. I am almost positive I was watching the game. It might have either been his last at bat or his at bat before it to tie the major league lead with the catcher from Kansas City, I think it was, Perez. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I mean, honestly, one of the most fun bets I had because I had like 25 bucks on it, 50 bucks on it, 100 bucks. Like all these different little bets I'd made, whatever it was, for that last week leading up to it. And that, to me, that was my biggest hit by far in baseball last year. Do you have any other player props this year where you think you have a good shot at a 50-1 to 1 or greater? Uh, I'm going to give you an exactly 50-1, to 1, Simon. And I, I like this bet just as much. We were on Vlad, uh, most home run and most RBIs last year, around the same price range. My guy this year is Kyle Schwarber. I love everything about this bet. I know Chad likes him some Kyle Schwarber. 50-1 to 1 out there at a couple books. So Schwarber pays for 41 home runs last season. He projects for 15th roughly this year. So this is how I do player props, right? Like I look at my projections. I try to bucket guys based on where their projections are. And then I look at the odds board and say, oh, well, this guy's bucketed with the, he should be bucketed with the 30 to one guys, but you're giving me a 70 to one on him or 50 to one. Well, Schwerber on the odds board is bucketed more with the guys in the 50 to one, 60 to one group when based on projections, he should be in that 25 to 30 range, right? Here's the reason I really like this bet. Working with Kevin Long, new Phillies hitting coach, he was the Nationals hitting coach last season. If you're not aware of Kevin Long, he helped Curtis Granderson unlock back-to-back 40 home run seasons, helped Daniel Murphy double his power output with the Mets, went absolutely ballistic in the playoffs, went from 13 to 25 home runs year over year, helped Brian Zimmerman, late career resurgence. This guy unlocks power. Look at all the data for Schwarber last season. Highest launch angle of his career, increased his fly ball rate by 10%, ninth in barrels per batted ball event, That ranked in the top 10, obviously ranked in the top 10, but amongst guys like Aaron Judge, other superstar power hitters, best hard hit rate of his career, and he chased pitches outside the zone less often than ever before. So improvements across the board for Schwarber, modified his swing under Kevin Long. I think he's probably going to break that 40 home run mark. Whether he gets to the top, whether he plays enough to hit that mark, we'll see. But 50 to one is outrageous value on a guy who should be a top 15 home run performer. Kyle Schwarber. Indiana Hoosier. That's right. 
you got that double that double Schroeder connection, Chad. Favorite college and uh, you know your favorite baseball team. So I covered the Indiana Hoosiers baseball team for the Indiana Daily Student back <laughs> in the that. day. Look at that. Any, any future major leaguers on that team at the time? The only guy who uh, got a look, I remember it very clearly. His name was Phil Dauphin, D-A-U-P-H-I-N. And I believe uh, he became a Phillies prospect, if I'm not mistaken. I'm Googling it right now. Um, He was drafted by the Cubs. Okay. Drafted by the Cubs in the 11th round. Uh, Never, never made it to the big leagues. Bounced around for a long time, long time in in the minors. Um, and never I'm sure he blames it. you for never making it. Well, a lot of people blame me for a lot of things that don't happen in their life. I'm used to it. You guys can't do that, though. Colin, what's your long shot? It's only a kind. It's only a semi-long shot compared to what Zerillo just gave out, which I do love a lot. It's it's one of those stats that's that's completely unpredictable and not at all telling of a player's skill level. And it's most RBI and it's Freddie Freeman at 25 to one. Freddie Freeman is consistently one of the, you know, one of the best hitters in all of baseball. He's also now going to be playing in the best offense in baseball. He didn't come from a a bad offense. Obviously his team just won the world series, but now he's going to be hitting behind Mookie Betts and Trey Turner every single day. And he actually had some bad RBI luck last year. I think he finished in the 80s. He he topped out in the 110s a couple of years ago. But if you look at his RE24, which is you know the best predictive stat of of just consistent hit and run production, he's always in the top 10 there. And he's being priced down in the range of guys like Nolan Arenado and Giancarlo Stanton with his injury issues and, and Kyle Tucker who are less proven. And I think that there's just a lot of value in a guy who we know is going to be out there for 150 plus games hitting in the heart of the order for the best offense in baseball. And at 25 to one, I just don't really see why he's priced that low. I think he should be up there in the range of the, of the Vladdy's at plus 800 of the Juan Soto's at plus 1000, even Pete Alonzo at 14 to one uh, Freeman should be in that range. He's not getting any respect in that market. I tried to, tee you up for some Seiya Suzuki talk and you didn't take the bait. Oh, well, we're, if we're talking award futures, I'll, I'll, I'll go all over Suzuki, but, he, be but he's not. It's, it's player specific, man, whatever <laughs> you want it to be. Seiya Suzuki's not a long shot by any means. And this is actually a, a rare instance where I'm, I'm siding with, with one of the favorites. If you look at baseball prospectuses, Pakoda projections for the season and Suzuki's 50th percentile outcome so if everything just breaks in an average fashion for Suzuki we're still looking at a player who's going to be worth 3.7 war hit 24 home runs and his strikeout to walk numbers in Japan were were insane and they project to translate well in the United States 71 walks against 87 strikeouts he's going to play every day he's already in his late 20s and if you can find him in the plus 400 to plus 500 range, I think that health pending, he should be the runaway favorite for NL rookie of the year, where right now he's tracking in the second, third, fourth range. You see me with my Osaka Tigers hat on. I love, I love me some Japanese baseball. He, he tore it up for the Hiroshima carp over the last couple of years, and he's going to bring it right back over here to America. And it's going to be very exciting, even especially at Wrigley field where we're going to see those balls fly out of the park. The bleacher bums are going to love this guy. I'm all over him for NL Rookie of the Year. He's a good defender, too. Doesn't yes. hurt. 
I was just waiting for Sean to give me a long shot again so I can just load up, and I've already made those bets. I mean, <laughs> as soon as he said Philly's player, I just started betting all the Phillies guys before he even said Kyle's name. So if we had any sort of bullpen, I'd be all over the Phillies' futures. But as just a negative Phillies fan I am, I just – they spent money on the bats. I love Nick. I love Schwarber. But I look at that team, I just – I cannot bet their future. But if I had 40 to 1, I would bet the Phillies. But at 25 to 1, I'm just not doing it. I like their divisional future too a little bit, Simon. They're they're sitting around five to one. I think that's pretty solid. You know, they're they're the kind of team to me, like the Angels, pretty similar, who they're probably either going to be very competitive for the division or go under their win total. I disagree with Zerillo on the Phillies, which means that I know that I'm going to be wrong on the Phillies. <laughs> just because it's it's their defense that concerns me. That's one of the things that's hardest to quantify into a win total. But with Schwarber and Castellanos out there, I think they're going to be among the worst defensive teams in baseball. And also, I, d- I just don't know what they're going to have in pitching behind Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. They didn't do a lot to improve their bullpen. You know, Corey Knable and all of his injury issues, it, he's not going to solve everything that was an issue with their with their bullpen last year. So I actually lean toward the under on that win total. Going against Zerillo makes me nervous, but I, I just don't see it in Philly this year. I think their playoff drought's going to extend. We're going to look at another 500-ish season. Listen, here's the beauty. We're going to get to find out who's right and who's wrong all season long on our favorite new podcast, Payoff Pitch. By the way, early next week, six new episodes covering every betting angle across all six Major League Baseball divisions. Go check out our episode description where you'll find links to Payoff Pitch. Let's all go subscribe. There is no doubt everyone could use more Sean Zarillo and Colin Whitchurch in their life a couple times a week throughout the summer. This is what the world needs right now. It's how we're going to find peace and happiness. If the Oscars can't provide it, the Action Network can. For producer extraordinaire, Matt Mitchell. For my co-host, Simon Hunter. I am Chad Millman. This has been The Favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. Download from Apple Podcasts from Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, leave five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, love you.